The always sexy Fish B on the bass. Chapter 538. We won't be talking about the Electoral College. Of the Fishbowl, Monday through Thursday. 15 minutes or less. Hey, hey, hey. First things first. Did the prayers of the Rostagno, Budmedai, and all the other so-called organized religions, uh, did, did they work? Did we do it, America? Did we, did we get through uh, uh, the last day of school in the South without a copycat shooting? I was genuinely trepidatious. I was genuinely concerned, as I, th- as I think most thinking people were. I am happy as hell that the executive producer is officially done with the sixth grade. He is, he's out of there. He's a seventh grader now. He's Lily now. Move over, LaMelo. Our executive producer's Lily now. He's going into the seventh grade. He'll be here on Sunday. Uh, he flies from, from O-Town in Florida to Salt Lake. And, and I fly from the metropolis of Spokangelis to Salt Lake. Then we, we rendezvous, I get him, and we fly back here. I got to tell you something awesome. Fish B's got some competition. Fish B might be sexy, but that might be about all Fish B's got going for him. Our executive producer, I asked him if there was anything, you know, specific he wanted to do this summer, anything specific he wanted to accomplish or help me work, you know, that I could work on him with while he's here. These eight weeks that I have them, because summer break is short in Florida, but these eight weeks, they're always my most precious eight weeks of the year, and I don't want to waste a single day. I've got to have all, all the ducks in a row. This is a very busy week for me, just getting everything perfect for Isaiah, even though he doesn't care. But to me, everything has to be perfect. So I asked him what he wanted to do. He wants to take piano lessons. Can we? Can we? we, we I am. I, 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 I'm proud of all my kids all the time. I, I love them all. I love my two daughters in college. I, I love. I love them all. Nobody says, uh, I want to take piano lessons. That's great. He told me that Sunday night. By Monday morning at 10 a.m., I already found the perfect place. I already had it booked. This lady's been teaching piano lessons for 30 years. And that means uh, we, we won't, he, we, he gets here Sunday, like I said. We won't go Monday, you know. <laughs> we, let, let, let's not do, I mean, we're not going to waste the day, but let's not go too crazy. But uh, uh, Tuesday. We'll go out. We, that means we get to go, go to music stores and, and do, uh, do some keyboard shopping. Much rather suppose, uh, support a local music store than, uh, than buy something off Amazon. So that's what we're going to do. But it's funny how, how, how he came to this and, and why he wants to take piano. Because he was really excelling in the school band as uh, their number one percussionist. That kid, he, he's got rhythm in his soul. It's, it's like I married one of the, the world's most beautiful black women and made a baby with her. Three of them. The kid's got rhythm. All of them do. Uh, uh, 
but he was doing the percussion. And the reason he wants to take piano isn't, isn't because he wants to, he still loves the percussion. He wants to do that. But he just doesn't want to be the one that, that writes, or excuse me, that plays the music. He says he wants to be the one that writes the music which is a pretty cool thing for a 12-year-old to say, and a pretty cool reason to want to take piano lessons. So holy nuts, yes, please. I mean, this is... I will... I will I'm not going to... I would go broke, you know, supporting, uh, supporting this habit. And it's funny, the, the way that he got into it, the way that he got into the percussion, believe it or not, it's not just the... It, it has nothing... Well, it has, uh, you know, his mother has fantastic rhythm. I know black people without rhythm. She is not one of them. But he got into the percussion... And, and, and if you've, you've hung out with, like, an elementary school kid, uh, uh, many of them on their computers, uh, like, when we grew up playing, like, you know, seeing, like, dance, dance, revolution, like, places and people, people jumping all around and, and looking, looking ridiculous. I, I was never a DDR guy. But they, they play what they're called, like, rhythm games. And there's eight, like, billion arrows, like, coming down the, the, the screen, and all of those correspond to a different key on the keyboard. So, like, he's going to grow up and grow up and be able to play or, or, or type, like, 190 words a minute. Like, it, and because and, just watching it and, like, watching, like, how good, like, it was, he's amazing at it, and I found it just mind-blowing, mind-blowing. Is so gifted. I, I could have done it. I could work on that eight hours a day for the next three years and be 2% as good as he is. But from that, which some parents might, stop wasting your time in the computer games. But from that, it brought him to a place where he was a real natural at percussion and picking up rhythms very easily and, and any different, you know, if they need him, if they need him with a, with a mallet banging on a pipe at a recital, he'll do that for you. He'll happy to, you know, bongos, get a kit. He'll do it. He'll do whatever you need, you know? So this summer he's going to do piano lessons. So that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So fish B, fish B's got competition. If you can hear the noise outside my window, take a shot. That's the fun of this party. That's the fun of this studio. Sure, there's, there's lots of 15 minutes or less podcasts, but how many of them, if you're so inspired, uh, also come with a drinking game, depending on what sounds your precious ears hear outside the window? That was a motorbike. I believe it was an Indian. That's a brand, if you, anyway. Maybe tomorrow, maybe, just maybe, uh, we'll get to, because uh, uh, I've been teasing it for days now. I'm going to fucking tease it again. Uh, my idea that collides uh, uh, parades 
and uh, uh, giving a helping hand to the homeless and, and making all of our city streets all over these United States or wherever one is, if you have the problem. But uh, people love parades, and I think I have an idea here. There, there was literally a parade when was outside my, uh, my window on, uh, on Saturday. It was, it, was, it was quite festive. It was, I, I took some great pictures. Again, it, it is, it's damn unfortunate that there's no place on the internet to post photographs. Because if there was, I've got some great ones. I've got some really cool ones. But, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe, you know, we, we can all dream that someday there will be a place you can post pictures on the internet. You know, right now, probably some, you know, some kindergartner now in like 12 years will have the idea that revolutionizes the world and he will come up with the idea of some kind of, you know, something. Whether it be a website, an app, I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but... When people can post pictures on the internet of, like, their stuff, I think it's going to change the world. I think that's going to be... I think it'll be addictive. I, I think it'll have negative social ramifications. I think it will lead very insecure people to be way more concerned with their social media, quote-unquote, brand that they should be. I think it's going to create way too much comparisonism, if that's a word, because it's a, it's a thing. Because here's the thing my therapist tries to drill into me all the time. We're all running our own race. You'll drive yourself crazy comparing yourself to anybody. But whoever that kindergartner is, I hope they, I hope they think these things through before they invent the place where you can post these pictures on the internet. Because it sounds cool, but it also, it also seems dangerous. Especially for teenagers, because it'll become so much of their life and They'll wrongly assume that if someone has more likes, that person has more value than them. Opens up entirely new avenues of cyberbullying and catfishing. A lot to think about for whoever invents that shit. In a second, I'm going to tell you why this podcast was uh, was so weird. But first, I, I don't ever want to talk about the uh, the Rust Agno but Medi concept again until, until I update the percentages. Some of you were concerned when we did the percentages of 1% Rasta, 33% Agnostic, 10% Buddhist, 1% Methodist, 70% Jedi. You're like, hey, wait, those numbers don't add up to 100%, dumbass. And I'm like, that's on purpose. Like, we're, we're leaving room for more knowledge. We're, we're acknowledging our ignorance that it doesn't add up to 100. Recognizing our tiny place in the world. A little self-awareness. But as I reviewed those numbers, you're right. You are correct. They are wrong. 
but not wrong because they didn't add up to 100. The new breakdown of Rasta Bugmedite knowledge is 1% Rasta, 7% agnostic, 3% Buddhist, 1% Methodist, 5% Jedi, only adding up to 17%, acknowledging that by far there is so much more we don't understand that than even the clues of Rasta Bugmedaism can offer us. So, those are the numbers. Take it to your flock accordingly. And then, and then lastly, I'm, the, one, the, the one nice thing about, about never, never driving anywhere, like I was uh, right before the podcast, I had, to, I had to walk to the cardiologist and back, and I was feeling like fucking shit earlier. So I had the bright idea... Let's take some edibles before we go to the cardiologist. And I did. And I felt better. And then I did a podcast, which is weird, because usually I don't take edibles before the podcast, but today I did. And so that's why it was so weird. <sighs> All right. I love you lots. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go watch a, I'm gonna go watch a basketball game. Uh, chapter 539 tomorrow. Right, 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 for... Since we're talking numbers, till then, free Brittany Griner and say adios, Fishby.